You're listening to Operation Dichotomy. I'm Paul, I'm your host, and we are the bridge between perception and reality. On today's episode, we have the privilege to get a glimpse inside the life of my good friend, Wanda Legowski. She is, among many other things, a successful businesswoman, an awesome mom and wife, and a competitive bodybuilder. Today, I'm going to invite you into a conversation that we had that will broaden your perspective of her world. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm mm-hmm. super honored that you would even think that I would be interesting enough to, to <laughs> be interviewed. But um, yeah, so as you said, I'm uh, a wife and a mom of two kids. Uh, my son, my stepson is 19 and I have a daughter who's 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're older now. <coughs> Um, I am also a bikini competitor and I just recently started competing last year so it's kind of like a new thing mm-hmm. um, but I was always into fitness since I can remember I think probably since I was 15 so maybe like 30 uh, can I even subtract what's 47 <laughs> minus 15 uh, yeah long time ago okay. um, always into fitness mm-hmm. um, and yeah so I left my career as a pharmacist to become a business owner. I purchased a business called DexaFit where I do body composition testing with DEXA scans. Mm-hmm. And I also do metabolism testing and cardiovascular fitness, VO2 max testing. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's in a nutshell, that's yeah. kind of me. So it sounds like your passions in general are family, obviously, but then also being in fitness and wealth, wealth health and wellness mm-hmm. overall, right? Yes, health okay. and fitness is my, I, I guess you could say my passion. Okay. You know, I've, been into it as long as I could remember and throughout my life I know I've had ebbs and flows as far as like what I did and my involvement but I was always involved in some capacity Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah for a long time I was kind of into endurance sports like marathons uh, triathlons things like that and then and just kind of transitioned into bodybuilding I mean I've always lifted weights throughout my whole life Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say not as consistently and seriously um, with training and nutrition, both to, together, um, since since I was like two years ago. Okay, just two years. Two, right. yeah, two and a half years so ago. So pretty when I got Really serious, oh, okay. really serious. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I would go to the gym, I had a gym membership. I would go work out. Mm-hmm. You know, lifting weights was kind of an important thing, important part of my life. I always incorporated it into my life in some manner, but I wouldn't say not to this extent not this not this dedicated okay yeah okay so this is the part that I kind of want to hone in on um, because I don't know how many people in our audience will really get an opportunity to have a conversation with someone who is in number one uh, bikini competitions like what is that even and number two uh, so you mentioned your age so it's okay for me to mention it so right okay (laughs) so you're 47 Uh Um, usually people don't really have that association right a slightly um man i guess middle-aged woman in bikini competition and at the same time you said you've been doing it seriously for about two years so it's not like you've been doing it since you were 14 15 years old Mm -hmm. Um, so i want to talk about that a little bit because uh, from the the average person's perspective if we just take my perspective I really don't know much about it, right? Like when I see pictures of sometimes people post things on Instagram about um, them parading across the stage, everybody's usually a lot tanner than they usually are. <laughs> um, they're in incredible shape. Yeah. And I've seen your stuff too, incredible shape. 
I don't know what percentage of body fat that is, but it must be very low. Yeah. Um, I guess like even before you got into it, did you have any assumptions about what it was like to be in a bikini competition, the work that it took, what was it all about? Like, what are some of the things that you thought? Yeah, you know, I don't think you fully understand or grasp what's, what is involved or what is required of you until you actually go through it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would look at pictures and kind of be in awe at these women and what they're able to do with their physiques, you know, and I thought um, it was just pretty amazing. And um, yeah, you think that you have a certain idea of what it takes, but the level of dedication to your training and nutrition, that's because they go hand in hand. I mean, they're both important mm -hmm. to creating that look on stage. And also that look on stage too is only that day. Um, it really is an unhealthy, it's unhealthy. The, the mm -hmm. level of leanness that you have to get your body to to step on stage is not sustainable and is not healthy. People think, oh, you get your look so fit and lean, but it's actually the is uh, is on the contrary because you're you get your body fat so low um, and you're doing so much cardio. Well, it depends on the person, but usually you have to at some point do more cardio than the average person. Mm -hmm eat less than the average person. This is, uh, this is for most, and there are some outliers, you know, um, and just what you have to put your body through to get to that point, mm -hmm. but that's only for one day. And I think there's that, that's a big misconception. People think that you can have that look and walk around and look like that all the time, and it really isn't. It's only for that one day, mm -hmm. and, and after the show, you really need to start transitioning back into a normal, um, routine and get your body fat levels up so that's the part where people I think misunderstand the sport is that they think that it's healthy it's okay to, to look like that all year round and, and it is not um, yeah so it's mm -hmm. that's one thing that um, I kind of learned as this as I got into the sport yeah that was a misconception of mine too I think oh these people walk around like that all the time you know and then when you see them not shredded, you would think that they got fat or something. But actually, that's normal. That's mm -hmm. like healthy, you know. You, so you have a warped sense of what's okay. considered normal. So just to clarify, it is not normal to be super low of body fat like that. Not so. not for normal existence. Right. For the sport. So for it the one day yes, competition. Yes. Okay. Right. It's a sport. So you you grind all those weeks for that, literally, ten seconds on stage. Mm -hmm. um, and just for that moment, right. and after that, you can't, you you can't sustain it. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if you have another show coming up, you have to maintain certain level of conditioning mm -hmm. to be prepared for the next show. But really, I mean, it's it's not. It's only for one brief moment. Okay, so that makes me feel better about my shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so you said about two years you've been competing and doing. Uh, bodybuilding, comp competing in bodybuilding. Um, what kind of, mm, did people make assumptions about you? Like would people around you judge you for, you know, being a 47 year old woman doing bikini competitions? What are some of the things that you faced? I don't know, I don't, I've never had anyone come to my face tell me anything negative, but mm -hmm. you know, I've, 
felt it, I, or maybe it's just me being insecure about it, mm -hmm. but I just felt like I was, I was being judged because, um, you know, I was a mom and, um, you know, I was, uh, I, I was teaching, um, helping out with the Bible school. At <laughs> with, church. At church. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I'm older and kind of typically what people would think past your prime. And it, you know, going to church and then people knowing that I competed in, in bikini competition, mm -hmm. you, you kind of just have that stereotype, right? Like if you parade your, go up on stage with hardly any clothing on, yet you're supposed to be, I mean, according to the church, you know, be modest and mm -hmm. not be like that. So it was kind of a contradiction. So I felt judged. I did feel judged. Mm -hmm. uh, no one ever said anything to me directly, but I did kind of feel that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that ne never really prevented you from moving forward with what no. you wanted to do. No, because I had, uh, because, you know, what I looked, I looked for other role models, other older women. Mm -hmm. I knew that there were other women out there who did this. So mm -hmm. it's not like I was, you know, paving the path for, you know, being a, a pioneer. Um, so I think that was important to kind of, um, you know, seek out those role models, mm -hmm. knowing that I wasn't alone in the sport. And once I have a goal set in my mind, nothing can stop me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, all my life, I think I've, I've grown up with people feeling like I was being judged or, you know, maybe crazy or why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. But um, I'm pretty s stubborn. So once I have a have my mind made up, mm -hmm. uh, nothing nothing can stop me. Why do you think people judge others? Like in that church context, um, I know what you mean. Like they won't tell, this, that's even worse, right? They don't tell you, yeah. but you can feel it. Yes. And I don't think it's just a matter of insecurity, especially knowing you. Like, I don't see you as an insecure person, um, but maybe you are, I don't know. <laughs> but people judge yeah. and they judge in a way where they're not direct about it but you can still feel it um, why why do you think that's the case if we're to get into their mindset I think it comes from several different places number one um, just not understanding uh -huh. when you don't understand or fully yeah if you don't know the full story um, it's easy to judge or maybe if you had a bad experience with someone in that same situation, so because you're, so you're drawing from that experience, so you're maybe if you had a negative experience from it, then you're gonna judge someone else who's in that same situation. Mm -hmm. um, I think also um, just yeah, insecurity maybe, maybe um, feeling like you know there someone that you're looking at is achieving something that you maybe want to do or, you know, wish that you could achieve. Mm -hmm. And um, so maybe it's your own insecurity coming mm -hmm. through. So you're judging them. Um, but yeah, I think those are the main, just, just kind of ignorance mm -hmm. and just maybe personal bad experience. Okay. I think those are two big contributing factors of mm -hmm. having, you know, judging people. Yeah, it'd be so much easier if they're just like, hey, one. I noticed this about you. Um, you're in church teaching kids and you're on stage in a bikini. What's going on, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that would be the easy thing. Maybe not easy, it's, it's a simple thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's very awkward. 
<laughs> it is because it's very it's, it's pretty bold, yeah. you know. And but I would rather have that honestly, because mm -hmm. uh, I think when when you do that, you get to know the person, yeah. and they become more. When you know someone, get to know them, you are, you you put down those walls, these preconceived notions, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it, okay. but yeah, I think that people are just afraid to to really come out and ask. So I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for the people that are listening, <laughs> right? Um, especially for me, I understand the church background you're coming from because yeah. I kind of grew up in that background yeah. as well. Um, my my guess would be that this is their mindset. Oh, there she is, 47 years old, flaunting herself on stage right. in a bikini. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And now she's coming here teaching our kids. Like, judgment, 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 judgment. Yeah. Um, what's it actually like to be on stage? Uh, what's it actually like to be a part of that competition? Because I don't imagine it's that way at all. Um, well, I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Getting on the stage part yeah. is my least favorite part. How come? I uh, it just <laughs> you are in this like two inches of material, <laughs> and uh, you know, and everyone's staring at you, and mm -hmm. you're being judged. You're being judged by, you know, random people, judges on the panel, and then you have the audience. So it's a very, it's very, um, yeah. You, I don't like it when people are you know, all eyes are on you and you're hardly wearing anything at all mm -hmm. you're being judged physically you know yeah. and nothing else so yeah it seems like why would you even do that mm -hmm. I do it because because I love the process the process of setting a goal and the day-to-day -day grind of taking the steps that sh which that you need to do to get to that point mm -hmm. and doing something that seems so almost impossible or so difficult or something that very few people are willing to do like to me that's that drives me I love doing things that you know usually maybe might be people are scared to do mm -hmm. or I think that I can't do um, so yeah setting a goal and then meeting the day-to-day -day challenges and things to get to that point mm -hmm. so if I could do all of that without stepping on stage th that to me that would be ideal yeah <laughs> but would, that, like would it motivate you though if you didn't have that hard deadline um you're right I mean I think that it, it there's a there's something to be said about okay you're gonna be up on there being judged by, on your physique so yeah that definitely drives you because mm -hmm. yeah when you have a choice between having you know a dozen cookies and knowing that you're gonna be stepping on stage, yeah, that is definitely <laughs> motivating factor to not have the cookies, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess if, if we didn't have that end goal um, of actually stepping on stage, it might be not of a, of a, as of a driving factor. But looking at the st sport and whole, if I had to like tell you what part I don't, I don't enjoy actually, you know, it's only it's 10 seconds, you have 10 seconds to showcase mm -hmm. the 12 to 16, however long you prepped. Uh, uh, you know, 10 seconds to showcase y all your work. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Um, everyone says, well, you go and have fun, it's true. At that point, all the hard work has been done. Mm -hmm. So you should go over there and just just enjoy it. Because at that point, nothing that you can eat or do can change where you're at. All the preparation has been done. Yeah. yeah. Do you get nervous still, going up on stage? Heck yeah. Yeah? For sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you, you don't well first of all you're in these heels mm -hmm. they they're so uncomfortable I guess <laughs> the, I'm petrified of like actually falling and 
that yeah, I have to purposely remind myself to not think about that because I think oh. if you focus on that image that chances are that it might happen so mm -hmm. you have to reframe your thought process but that is a fear of you know tripping on your your, your heels um, and then messing up on your routine um, but yeah I do definitely get nervous for okay. sure yeah. I wonder I wonder if that will ever go away no, I don't think so. I, I think it's pretty normal. I mean, in listening to other pro bikini athletes, they all talk about nerves. And I feel like I mean, there might be a few people who don't get nervous and they just absolutely love being up there and they just thrive on being on stage. Um, but for the most people, I, I, from what I understand, they, they get nerves. They do get nervous and butterflies. But I think that's a good thing because I think that shows that you do care. Mm -hmm. You care about your performance and right. how you're going to do. Yeah. So I think it's normal. Oh. I don't expect to ever go away. Okay. <laughs> so just to clarify again, for the church people that are listening, <laughs> it's not even about quote unquote flaunting yourself, um, at least not in the way that church people think it is. And again, we generalize church people too. It just happens to be my background of quote unquote church people. Yeah. Um, but it's not about it's not about flaunting yourself sexually or anything like that. Right. So I, I guess the proper way to think about it, let's, if I was a mom in church, and oh, Juan is the one doing bikini competitions and teaching my kids, I should actually be happy about that because here's this woman who is working her butt off for 12 to 16 weeks with the goal. Wouldn't that be something that is, I would want my kids to learn that. Um, so I think that, would probably be the proper way to reframe that way of thinking instead of, oh my gosh, she's so whatever, and now she's yeah. teaching my kids. Yeah, so I think it's because the, the sport, the way it is the end goal. You could think of it as any sport, mm -hmm. whether it's baseball or football, I mean, you're still an athlete, mm. right? You still need to practice, and you still have to ha have that dedication and the discipline mm -hmm. to do the things to get you to that. So for other like your typical football player like if their 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 day is game day mm -hmm. you know so I think the principle is that every athlete has to practice it's, it's the same you know as far as like having that same dedication and um, habits and an end goal of performing your best ours the bodybuilding just happens to be the physique mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but it's, it's hard. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. I do understand because, um, you know, naturally uh, as, as a mom, I think I can understand that too if I had, if I saw be before getting to bodybuilding, you mm -hmm. know, some, someone like that. Yeah. So I, I get it. I do understand it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish people could understand this. It's beyond the physical. It's the all the mental and physical preparation that's involved mm -hmm. in getting to that point. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Like that is that is the sport, the process. Like you said, it's just 10 seconds of actual, this is my work. Right. Um, what I like about your Instagram is that you see the, the process of, I mean, all your salads, these crazy <laughs> creations and breakfast goops and whatever. Yeah. And, um, like, I like that because it's the reality of what it is. It's not just those 10 seconds. Yeah. And I feel like, I guess that's what we're trying to do today, is give people a real picture of what this looks like. It's not the final bronze version of you, it's the, it's the grind and it's the it's work. A, it's a journey, yes. Yeah, yes. Very cool. Yeah. So hopefully we clarify that a little bit for people. Yeah. Um, again, I've never met someone 
uh, like this in your sport that I can have this close conversation with. Nice. And again, <laughs> I don't know how many of my audience will either, so hopefully we can get that to them. Another thing that I wanted to kind of head into and then maybe even wrap up with was um, the fact that you started this. So when exactly did you start Dexafit, your business? Last year, <clears throat> June of 2018. Okay, June 2018. Before that, you were a pharmacist. Yes. So you are you were in a fairly successful occupation, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and then, even though the whole point of the show is so we don't assume, so <laughs> let me ask you. <laughs> so, okay, you're a fairly successful physician. And at, so June 2018 is literally just a year ago. You decided to put that, beside, put that behind you and go into this business venture. Um, most people don't do that kind of thing. They think, oh, it's too late. I'm too old. Um, whatever excuse they can find. On top of that, you go into bikini competition. Mm. This, I feel like, is not something that, quote unquote, normal people think. Yeah. I feel like most people, by the time they hit middle age or even 40 age, they're like, oh, I'm done. I'm just going to coast the rest of my life. But you're you're just running. Tell me about that. Like, what what's the misconception that people have regarding that, and and what's the true the true version of that, based on your life? Yeah, I think there's a big misconception that after you hit a certain age, that your life is not necessarily over, but you shouldn't be looking to to. Um, strive for new goals or chase a dream mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a lot of fear at that point too because usually after you're older you're more settled you're married you have kids mm -hmm. you're settled into your career so there's a lot at risk um, and I and and I get that you know um, so when I decided to finally do it it was the most frightening thing I had ever decided to do mm -hmm. that that um, business or competition bu business mm -hmm. for sure um, competition too, but there was definitely more at risk with my business because you know financially our family relied on my income mm -hmm. as a regular source of income. It was steady. It was very good paying. I was it was a very flexible job. I mean, I had an excellent job. Mm. Um, you know, I worked like nine to five, no weekends. Um, I was in management, so I had a lot of flexibility. Um, I had a great boss. My team was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, people thought that was crazy. Mm -hmm. My boss, thought, I was like, he's like, you know what you're leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, I do, I do. But this, I was not, I felt like a huge hole. I was not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like there was so much more that I could do in life and offer people, not sitting behind a desk, uh, answering regulatory um, Questions and because at that point I was um, I was in a compounding pharmacy, so I dealt with a lot of regulatory things with the DEA and the FDA. So mm -hmm. I did a lot of paperwork. We did had a lot of inspections. So it wasn't your typical like you see a pharmacist at a pharmacy, you know, mm -hmm. like not that kind of a job. So it was um, it was low stress, but it was also high stress too. I um, mean, very little interaction with the public, mm -hmm. um, and. I felt like I was, I tell people, I was dying a slow death mm. every day. Going in there, to me, like getting a paycheck for, I mean, most people have probably been happy, honestly. Going there, most people their feet are up. happy, right? Pardon me? Most people are happy. Yes. Like, that's the kind of stuff they're, 
they're aiming for. Exactly. Yes, yeah. that's their end goal. Mm -hmm. And then they can start coasting. But I just felt very restless. Like this is not, this is not what I want. And the money wasn't enough for me to stay. It wasn't. Um, yeah. So it's a combination of multiple things going on in my life where I just had this uh, sense of like you, you need to stop talking about the things that you want to do mm -hmm. and start doing. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, you know, listening to um, Andy Frasella on the MF CEO podcast mm -hmm. had a huge influence mm -hmm. on my decision to finally just go for it. You know, he has a term called success zombie. So these are people who consume the content and say, yeah, you know, that's awesome. And then they don't do anything about it. Yeah. So I felt that. I felt like I was kind of being kind of like a success zombie. I'm like, yes, this sounds awesome. That'd be fantastic. And here I'm not doing anything. So finally, I just was like, "This is, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I gotta do it. I got, I have to. I mean, I think the worst thing is to wake up one day and have regret that you didn't at least try. Mm -hmm. And yes, people are like, how, leaving your job is definitely different than pursuing like a different fitness goal, right? Sure. I mean, there's so much more at stake, yeah. and there Especially was with the family, security, exactly. all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So. That's why it's very frightening because it's not like I was by myself and mm -hmm. decided to change career. I mean, we had financial obligations and children and you know bills and but um, just you know I just took the biggest leap of faith and I haven't looked back. Mm. I mean, the best decision I've ever made. Did, no did something push you over the edge, or was it like a slow breaking point where it was? I think it was a slow like crescendo of events like mm. things one after another and um, yeah I think I just got to a point in my self-development personal mm. development goals and reading and listening to podcasts and being you know surrounding myself with with that kind of like like-minded people I guess mm -hmm. made me realize okay they're they all have the same fears they all have the same fears that I, ha I have right now um, and but I just, just got to do it. I don't know. I don't know what. I, I'm just grateful that my husband was very supportive. That's huge. Um, couldn't do any of this without his support uh, with the business and with the bikini competition. Because hmm. let's face it. I mean, when you do when you in contest prep, it's a very selfish sport. Hmm. Um, and it is all about you, your, your nutrition, your training. Hmm. And it's very all-encompassing physically and mentally where you have very little left over, honestly, energy-wise. And, um, and so, yeah, it takes away from his time and family time. Um, and it's a sacrifice. They make sacrifices, too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm very fortunate that I have a wonderful, supportive husband mm -hmm. who said, go for it, for both That's of them. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, huge, huge. Wow. So you said you never looked back. Yeah. How has it been since you started in June 2018? It's yeah. about a year. I mean, of course, there's a different level of stress because if you don't do it, I mean, it's, it's on you. Mm -hmm. But then at the flip side, it's you. Mm -hmm. You get to run the show. Um, it's been the most fulfilling thing to be able to have con that kind of control, I guess, control of your life. Mm -hmm. It's frightening, but at the same time, it's, it, it's a very empowering as well. Um, and meeting the people that come in here. Hmm. That's 
that's what drives me. Um, you know, I can even have a, maybe a crappy morning and be like, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm so tired. But then once I have that first interaction, all those interactions throughout the day with these people who come in with the goal of wanting to change their, their life. I, I really, they come to a point where they want to get serious about their fitness. It's very exciting for me to be part of their journey mm-hmm. and to see the progress. That's that I love that, and you know, yeah. when they have the questions, I love talking about nutrition, and um, it just seems like so natural. Like this is what I love to do. Yeah. So yeah, it just confirms that this was the right decision because yeah. they bring they breathe life to me. Yeah. You know, so. So I think that's the key that. I mean, you said a lot of things, but one of the things that stuck out to me was that. Um, it was the most frightening things that you've done and there's obviously risks involved but at the same time it sounds like you're more fulfilled than you've ever been because you feel like one you're kind of doing what you love to do and what you feel like you were meant to do right um, but at the same time it's it's pushing you right it's pushing and you're very goal-oriented person obviously we've already talked about that but it's pushing you to become better and and again, I don't think I'm old enough to really be able to say this with any authority, but I feel like there comes a point in life where you stop pushing. I mean, people retire because they want to play golf for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Where in reality, from what you're saying, it sounds like even after retirement, you can still grow. You can still become better. You can still try new things and learn new things. And maybe that's one of the misconceptions that we really need to address, or I guess we have addressed, yeah. is it's, it's never too late. It's, yeah. Um, Funny thing is, like, even for me, I'm only 30, I say only 34, <laughs> depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> uh, only 34, but even, even me, so I was in church for eight years from about 23 to 31-ish. And the last two, three, 31, yeah, so three years, uh, it's been my, my entrepreneur, whatever, to try new things adventure. And when I see young people, young as in like early 20s, they're, they're kind of where I'm at in in business or in in entrepreneurship in general, I'm like, man, I feel so old. Am I too old to be doing this? Um, but then to sit here in front of you and say that, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> but I think that's yeah. the point, right? Yes. It's, it doesn't matter how old you are, yeah. right? We, we had this idea in our heads where, oh, I'm too fill in the blank to do, to do anything. When in reality, if you just decide, it's gonna be fearful for everyone, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, you just gotta decide. And like you said, don't be a success zombie. Just, just do it. Yes. And yeah, then you become Juan Dolegowski doing all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing I think is like, you know, don't, don't be, don't kind of pigeonhole yourself into this thing where you, you think you're too old and it's too, that you're too old and it's too late. Because mm-hmm. really, it, it isn't. And like I said, it's, the only time it's too late is when you're dead. Mm. And, um, you know, when, when I think about it, 40, 47, yeah, I mean, just like you, I look at people in their 20s who are, who've achieved, in my mind, other th- things that I haven't yet to achieve and think, like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that's fantastic. Gosh, they're so young. Like, can you imagine where I would be if I started then? But at the same time, at least I'm there, I'm here now. Yeah. Um, and not 30 years from now, looking back, thinking, wishing that I had done what I didn't do. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be, I think, the, the worst thing to look back and think, like, I've wasted my life. 
I wasted opportunity. Um, I wasted time. Mm -hmm. Why? Fear. Fear, because that's that's the biggest thing. Fear of failure. Fear of being judged. Um, I think those are two biggest things. You know, mm -hmm. where that people don't do things. They don't go for their goals. Um, but the worst thing that can happen is like that it doesn't work out. At least you try, mm -hmm. you know. I know people say, "Oh, just try." I'm, I'm, I can say that because I've, I've been there. I, f I feel like I have somewhat authority to say yeah. it because I've done things that people think is too late to do, mm -hmm. and you're too old to do, and I'm walking, living proof that it's not. And you can, you can thrive and it be successful. Um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I've been given the opportunity. And the privilege to be able to do, take on this new career change, and to be able to compete, because you know, competing is—it really is a privilege um, to have the opportunity to do it. You mm -hmm. know, it's not like oh, I have to do it. No, I—I'm able to do it. I can do it. You know, so framing your mindset like that. Man, there's so much wisdom in what you just said. <laughs> uh, oh man. Let me, just for the sake of time, let's, uh, if, if the audience were to walk away from today with one last piece of advice from Juan Dolagowski, the, man, everything you just, from the bodybuilder to the nutrition guru, to the fitness genius, to the uh, businesswoman, to the mom, to the wife, to the, the Christian woman who serves at church, to all these different things. Um, on one end, if you could speak to the, the common misconceptions that people have, and then also in light of that, how you would want them to respond. And we talked about a lot of things, so if you could just summarize that, like, what's the misconception? Here's the correct thought. This is what you should do. Go. <laughs> well, it's probably what I just said. That's yeah. really, I feel like that's the, the, the mantra that I live by, yeah. is uh, that you're, it's never too late, and you're never too old. Um, I just want to inspire, especially moms out there who feel like, um, you know, they're now that they've had kids, it's too late to to do something. You know, they want to wait until the kids are older, and they put their goals on the back burner. Mm -hmm. um, or the older person who feel like it's it's too late to do something because you're like, okay, I'm too old to do this. Um, I think that's that's where I guess want to tell people that. Um, that is, is, is never, never too late, and you're never, never too old, to pursue that dream. Whatever it is that that you're thinking about, when you're laying in bed, and the thing that you, that's pulling on your heart, mm -hmm. and that you can't stop thinking about, that I feel like is God's way of telling you to to do it. I feel like if if that's something, if something that's nudging at you every day, you need to do it. Mm. You need to honor yourself and honor God by pursuing that. However crazy it might seem, find a way to do it. Take action steps, like actual action steps to, to get to that point. Mm. And, and that's what it is. It's just a series of steps of getting to that point. Um, mm. Yeah, and you can seriously, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Um, you can put anything, you can do anything you put your mind to. Mm. Really put your mind to it do it. It's never too late. You're never too old. 
just do it. Take action. Yes. And I think it's almost a cliche. You can put, or you can do anything you put your mind to, but you're living proof of that. Yes. Um, is it okay if, because, again, I have no idea who's going to listen to this <laughs> at this <laughs> point, but if somebody's inspired by your story and um, they've maybe had some misconceptions changed because of what you told us, um, where can they find you? Can they get connected with you? Can they follow you along on your nutrition journey and bodybuilding journey, mom journey? Uh, where would be the best place? Yeah, I'm the most active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so my name, uh, you can find me on Juan, W-O-N mm -hmm. dot D underscore fit, F-I-T. Mm -hmm. So it's my first name dot, the first letter of my last name, mm -hmm. underscore fit. Awesome. Or you can just email me and I can figure it out for you. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, man, I really do wish we had more time just to get into more detail. Um, but people's attention span usually dies after 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. So we'll cut it short for now. Um, maybe we can have part two, part three, depending on, um, really depending on how this goes. All right. Um, I would like to say, Again, this is okay. If you are in Las Vegas, happen to be in Las Vegas listening to this and you want to get body scans and start a fitness yes. journey or just be inspired by, maybe by meeting one in person, um, it is DexaFit. It's a public place. It's on Google. So I don't think I'm yes. yep. invading any privacy laws. No. <laughs> um, look her up. Find her. Come say hello. She's awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for your time. And thank I hope, hope everyone has learned a lot. All right, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoy getting some inside perspective on Juan and her life. Remember, the way that we interact with different people in the future can be altered by literally just that one conversation that we choose to have today. I hope this one with Juan served you for the better. If you aren't connected with us yet and want to stay up to date with what's going on, you can always find us on Instagram at Operation Dichotomy or online at OperationDichotomy.com. Thanks for joining us today on the show. Until next time. Oh, 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 oh,